You are listening to a Sunday sermon from St. Thomas Episcopal Church in Bellevue, Washington. We are a community that seeks God's presence, serves Christ in others, and grows together in our faith. Welcome to our podcast. The following sermon was preached on the ninth Sunday after Pentecost, August 2nd, 2020, by the Reverend Lex Breckenridge, Rector at St. Thomas. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus withdrew in a, des- in a boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot. And he, uh, when he, on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them and cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, We have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. And the loaves and the two... And he he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. Taking five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. And all ate and were filled. And they took up what was left over of the broken pieces, twelve baskets full. And those who ate were about five thousand men, besides women and children. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. What comes to mind when you hear the word justice? Do you think about law courts and criminals being punished and wrongs being made right? Certainly when I was a a lawyer, my goal was always to advocate for justice for my clients. And that was to to try to ensure, to do what I could do uh, within the confines of the justice system to make sure that a wrong was being set right. Now, it's Kind of an abstract concept when you think about it, though. But in the Bible, justice isn't abstract at all. In fact, in the Bible, justice is all about relationships. It's a relational concept. Justice is about God's relationship to the world that God's created and God's relationship to human beings as God's creatures. All our relationships to each other and to our to, to our fellow creatures, uh, are, we're the ones who have been created in God's image. And so justice is all about those relationships with those who, who are created in God's image just as we are. Now, what we want to say about justice really begins with what we want to say about God. And that, those are two things that I want to uh, emphasize for us this morning. The first thing we want to say about God is that God is generous. The world God has created is a world of abundance. Human beings were created in God's image and, and are given the earth for their benefit. They're given the earth to participate in the rhythms of the earth. God has created the earth, and the earth is given to all human beings. All human beings, not just to a few. 
and not just to a hierarchy, to those at the top of the hierarchy. The earth is given to all of us. And the second thing we want to say about God uh, that, we, that we learn from these early creation stories is that God is just, which means that God creates human beings to transmit blessings. God has created us to be God's vehicle for, uh, for transmitting blessings to the world. And when we resist God's blessing, well, that's when God intervenes uh, to restore righteousness. And you know the word righteousness simply means right relationship. And the, the, the beautiful call to righteousness in, in both the Hebrew Scriptures and the Christian Scriptures is always a call to us to return to right relationship with God and to return to right relationship with our fellow human beings. All this is to say that in the Hebrew Scriptures, justice means that there is enough, that there is enough for everyone. There's enough land, there's enough food, there's enough fairness, there's enough equity, there's enough blessing, there's enough love. There is enough for all all of God's creatures created in God's image. And the, the, the Hebrew Scriptures goes on to tell us that God creates a nation to transmit the blessings, to live out what enough means. But when God first called Abraham and Sarah uh, into, into relationship, he said, I will give you land and I will give you sons, and I will make of you a great nation and through you, all the nations of the world will be blessed. That's the, the, those are our foundational uh, images to, to, the, to, to our great patriarch and matriarch, Abraham and Sarah. Uh, God makes of Abraham and Sarah a great nation so that all the nations of the world God might be blessed. And then the Hebrew Scriptures go, go on to tell us about uh, the Exodus event. That's another one of the, the founding moments of the nation of Israel. It, it, you, you recall that what's happened is the, the, the poor Hebrew people have been enslaved in Egypt. Uh, and they've been uh, the victims of, of uh, exploitation. Uh, they're, at the, they're at the bottom of, of, of the chain. Uh, they're the ones who are doing all the work uh, to, uh, to, make, uh, to make Egypt great. And this is obviously a, an evil. It's, it's out of order, out of the order that God has created. And so God does something uh, to, to restore order. And he doesn't just give poor people uh, food. He actually takes them out of this, of this system, this disordered system. Uh, he works a new creation. He leads them out of Egypt and leads them into, into the, uh, the wilderness. He leads them towards a new land. Now, of course, they have to spend a good bit of time in the wilderness, 40 years, we're told, uh, in order for their, for their characters to be formed. But he's making them something different. He's calling them to be a nation, and he's calling them to be a model for other nations. So that blessing that God has, has bestowed on, on this nation, the nation of Israel, so that it might be a blessing to all the world, is so beautifully described in this passage from uh, the prophet Isaiah that Zani read for us just a minute ago. Ho, everyone who thirsts comes to the water. You that have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. 
Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Incline your ear and come to me. Listen so that you may live. You hear that, the, the invitation? To be in right relationship with God, to come into right relationship with God and with each other, to stop striving for that which doesn't satisfy, to come and be filled. And then the, 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 the passage ends with this. So see, you shall call nations that you do not know, and nations that do not know you sh shall run that do not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel. The nation that God has called into being, the nation of Israel, is to be a blessing to the whole world. And now we come to Jesus. Jesus' work, we're told, is to be the new Exodus and the new Israel. Jesus' work is to be the new liberator and to be that, that uh, what, what Israel was, was meant to be and is meant to be, a blessing to all the, all the people of the world. And and. You, you see that the scriptures really interpret Jesus' work in this way, as a, as a new exodus, as a way of, of refounding Israel. I mean, he chooses 12 disciples, doesn't he? Just like the 12 nations of Israel. Uh, he feeds people in the wilderness. We're going to talk about that story in just a minute. Just like God fed the people in the wilderness. You remember the story of the manna? Uh, the people were hungry. and God blessed them with manna to eat, with enough to eat. And uh, he, he, uh, God gave the law to Moses in the wilderness, and Jesus comes uh, to say, I didn't come to abolish the law and the prophets. I came to fulfill the law and the prophets. And, of course, uh, through Jesus, God makes a new covenant uh, with, with the, all the nations and seals it with blood, with Jesus' blood. And, and so Jesus always... Uh, emphasized his relationships with those who didn't have enough, his relationship with the poor. And um, Jesus not only uh, emphasized help for the poor, Jesus was, was actually uh, associated with the poor. He spent time among the poor. Now, this morning we have this beautiful story of the feeding of the 5,000, and I think uh, it's, it's important for us to spend uh, a moment with that because it, it, it so emphasizes what we mean when we talk about God's justice. Um, and, and of course, one of the things that, that the first uh, people who heard this story would have recalled is the, the feeding of, of the people in the wilderness, the manna that was given to the people in the wilderness. I mentioned that just a moment ago. And, and you know, you, you recall the story, of course, that people were hungry. They, they complain to Moses. Moses turns to God and says, help, help me out here. I got, we got a problem here. And, and so what does God do? God provides this, this beautiful, tasty uh, substance called manna. And it was, it was uh, available every day. The people would awaken in the morning and there uh, spread out uh, before them like dew on the grass was this manna. And it was sweet and, and, and they, they always had enough to eat. But of course, human nature being what it is, uh, at some point, uh, some people uh, began to hoard the manna. They, were, they, they didn't have faith that there was enough. Uh, and, so, and so they began to hoard the manna. And what happened? The manna became sour. Uh, beautiful story about 
uh, about what happens when we fail to have faith in God's provision for us, when we, have, when we fail to have faith that there's enough, and we try to uh, take matters into our own hands, we try to control things. And, and so this, this story of the feeding of the 5,000, uh, you know, is the, is the only story uh, of, of uh, God's mighty deeds of power stories that we call miracle stories, but, but nowhere, of course, nowhere in the Gospels are these referred to as miracle stories. These are, these are referred to as examples of God's deeds of, of power worked through Jesus. You know, so this is the only one of those stories that's told in all four Gospels. So it must be a really important story. And, and what happens here? Uh, the, 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 the people are hungry. It's, it's late in the day. And the disciples come to Jesus and, and point out that the people are, are hungry, and they say to Jesus, you know, you just, just send them away. Let them go to the towns to get something to eat. So we don't have enough, enough here to feed them. And Jesus, I love this. Jesus looks at the disciples and say, you give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. And so what do they do? They, they, they go and collect uh, all that they can find, which is just a minuscules, five loaves of bread and two fish. And they bring this offering to Jesus. And what does Jesus do? He takes the loaves. He blesses them. He holds them up to heaven. He breaks them. And then he tells the disciples to distribute them. And they do. And miraculously, there's enough to feed 5,000 men plus women and children. And there's even a surplus and what is the surplus? Twelve baskets full. Do uh, you get the symbolism there? The fullness of the nation, the fullness of the nation of Israel is, is uh, revealed here in this, in this beautiful story. So Jesus has come to fulfill uh, the, the, the mission of Israel. Uh, and this story, uh, this, this beautiful story, is, is told to us certainly as individuals. That we are we are called as, as individuals to make sure that that all of those around us have enough to eat, and we're certainly uh, the story is certainly told to us as a church, as a community of faith, as those who gather in Jesus' name to make sure that all around us have something to eat. That's why our partnerships with Hope Link, with the Salvation Army, with Congregations for the Homeless, with the Sophia Way are so important. We. We work through these, these uh, uh, important organizations to do what we can do to make sure that, that all have something to eat, that there's enough for everyone to eat. But I want to remind us that this, the, these stories are also told to us as a nation. You know, we, are, we, 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 are, we are gathered together uh, in, in community, uh, we're certainly as, as individuals in, in, in our families, as a church community, but we're also gathered together as a nation. And so as a nation, uh, just like the nation of Israel was called to uh, be instruments of God's justice, we too, as a nation, are called to be instruments of God's justice to make sure that there's enough for everyone. You may, may remember from your studies in history the, the, the great Puritan, uh, John Winthrop, who uh, preached a, a, a sermon uh, the night before the first Puritans uh, were to set out on, on a journey from, uh, from England uh, to the New World, to the Massachusetts Bay Colony. 
And, and he told them uh, in that sermon that they were going to found a city on a hill, a bright shining city on a hill, that, that they were going to be the new Israel. And that image of, of this new world uh, that, the, that the, the Puritans were setting out to, uh, becoming a, a city on the hill, that's been one of our foundational images as a nation, hasn't it? Certainly, you, you, you recall that President Reagan uh, referred to, to, to our nation as a, as a shining city upon a hill in a speech he gave the night before uh, the first election. Uh, and that's a theme that continued throughout his presidency, the, the great call to us to be a shining city on a hill. President Obama uh, referred to, uh, to reference that and quoted President Reagan in his uh, first inaugural speech, President Obama's first inaugural speech, when he called upon us and reminded us that our, our mission is to be a shining city on a hill. Uh, so, so that's 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 who we are as a people. Um, and so, the question for us is: How will we, as individuals, how will we, as a as a community of faith gathered together here at St. Thomas, how will we, as a nation, how will we be a shining city on a hill? How will we make sure that there is enough, both as individuals, as a community of faith, and as a nation? Enough food, enough housing, enough equity, enough fairness, enough love and kindness for everyone. My dear sisters and brothers, that's, that's, that's your call and my call. That's, that's the call to us here at St. Thomas. But in this time of, of, of such divisiveness and such um, a rancor, it's also, we must remember our foundational call as a nation to ensure that there is enough, enough for everyone. And underlying all of that, underlying all of that, that there is enough love, enough kindness, enough compassion, enough respect, respect for the dignity of every human being. This is our great call. And, and now in this, in this pandemic time, uh, now is the time for us to uh, step back and recall what it means to us to be this shining city on a hill, for us to, to know what it means to be a nation through whom all the nations of the world will be blessed. That was God's call to Abraham, God's call to Israel. And, and I do believe uh, from the bottom of my heart that that is God's call to us in this moment. How will we be uh, a shining city uh, on a hill? How will we be a blessing to all the nations of the earth? How will we do our, our part? How will we, we carry out our role to make sure that God's justice is done and that there is enough for all the creatures created in God's image? For more information about St. Thomas Episcopal Church, please visit our website at www.stthomasmedina.org.